0: Hey y'all, it's Alyssa and this is Living Loved. On today's episode, we're going international all the way up to Canada. My friend Courtney Reimer is joining us today to talk about the worth that she knows and found in Christ. And guys, her story is pretty amazing and what she's doing for the kingdom is pretty special. I can't wait for y'all to hear it, so let's go! (laughs) Today, we have on our episode a friend Courtney Reimer. We actually have only met once in person, but I feel like we hit it off really quickly.
1: Yeah. Definitely. We
0: we bonded over, well, she'll tell you a little bit about this, but we bonded, we met at a dinner, a mutual friend's birthday dinner, and then we bonded over the places we've lived. I currently live where she kind of grew up. And then now she is
1: up north on the that side of the country where I kind of grew up. So we've a lot. Yeah, we have some phenomenal mutual friends. And I have just learned that when you you sometimes you know people and when you meet their people, you just know they're good people. So <laughs> I'm super excited to be here and be a part of this podcast and just share some of the things that yeah, God's doing in my life and how he's done them and just give him all the glory. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Have a okay. So to tell people a little bit about you. I gave just a little bit. I just said you're from the north. That's about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when when she says I'm from the north, she means like way north. Like I live in Canada, but actually, as far south in Canada as you can go without being in the U.S. But no. So my name's Courtney Reimer. I was born and raised in Texas. Never thought ever in a million years I would be living in Canada. But again, <laughs> God has a funny plan with what He does with your life. But yeah, I went to school in Texas. After that, I kind of moved around all over. I lived in New York and Boston, and then most recently, Austin, Texas, where I was living when I met my now husband. And after, yeah, just lots of back and forth, we felt very called to start our life up here in Southern Manitoba, Canada in a tiny little awesome town that I just adore, but you will miss it. If you like Google map it, don't blink. <laughs> yeah. I started a nonprofit called She Wears Worth that I will get to chat a bit about later. Um, my husband and I foster two incredible kiddos. I have a job that I, I do get paid for, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I love the Lord and he's just done some incredible things in my life. So that is why I'm here to talk about all that fun stuff.
0: So I just want to tell people, like the the moment I met Courtney, I was like, there's just like this light she brings into the room, and you can tell how much she loves the Lord when she walks in the room. It's just amazing. So I'm excited for y'all to get to know. I've heard a bit of her story, so we're actually gonna move into that. And Courtney, I'm just gonna have you take it away with your testimony. I want people
1: to hear it. It's yeah, Awesome. Well, thank you, and thank you for creating a space for this. I think right? Like the Lord calls us to share our faith. And I think that's just the best way to let other people know his goodness is by talking about what he's done in our life. So yeah, my testimony, my story, I was born and raised Catholic. So, you know, I checked all the boxes, went to church every Sunday, was an altar server for like 12 plus years, all of those things. But I, you know, found myself in my late twenties, kind of living with a mentality of you know, it really didn't matter what I did Monday through Saturday night. As long as I showed up to church on Sunday, my my slate was, you know, quote unquote, wiped clean and I was good to go. Um, and that's... That's kind of what I thought it was. That's what I kind of thought Christianity was. And that's exactly what I did. You know, by worldly standards, I definitely was, you know, living the dream. I had a great job. I lived in an awesome city. I traveled a ton, but it didn't, you know, regardless of what I did, I was, I made sure my butt was in that Catholic pew on Sunday morning to make sure, you know, I was good to go for whatever, you know, crazy sins I was going to have the next week. And I was, you know, 27 and I just felt empty. And we hear so many stories about, you know, like someone feeling empty or feeling unfulfilled. And that's exactly where I was. I did not understand why I was so just unhappy. You looked around and my life seemed awesome. You know, it was very Instagrammable as, you know, we all kind of say, but I was, I was so empty and it was my 27th birthday. I came home after celebrating with friends, and it was, you know, a great time, supposedly. But I just came home and I sat on my couch and I cried. And I, it was, that's kind of the first time I guess I called out to God and was like, what is going on? Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so lonely? But I didn't really know what I was looking for. If I'm honest, I think at that point I was. You know, I was 27. I thought I was lonely because I needed to find a husband or something mm. like that. And I think so many of us get caught up in that. We feel lonely, we feel empty, and the first thing we jump to is all of the worldly things that we don't have. We look to our friends and, "Oh, maybe I feel this way because I don't have a new car or I haven't gotten the promotion or, you know, I don't have my kids aren't excelling in school." We try and fill these holes with worldly things. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. And then from a, you know, Wonderful coincidence that I now know was the Lord working over time. A friend of mine gave me the book Love Does by Bob Goff. If you haven't read it, mm-hmm. huge fan, changed my life drastically. So I read this book, and the whole point of it was, you know, he's if you don't know who he is, right? He is um, a Christian author and speaker, but his big thing is at the end of the day, like love your neighbor. Like if we cannot love the way that Jesus loved, then we have nothing. And so reading this book, I was like, you know what, I am nowhere in a place to go preach the gospel in a third world country. Like I was just dancing on a table until 2am. Right. But I can love people really well. So I just knew that I needed to go on one of these trips. Um, And the next one was going to Uganda, Africa, in April of 2017. At this point, it was like December of 2016. So somehow, again, I finagled my way into this trip, Um, 16 strangers, we all met at the Amsterdam airport, and we were going to go to Uganda for 10 days, I had zero clue what to expect, we didn't have an itinerary, and I was so excited, I look, I have a picture of me with my like big backpack on (laughs) at the airport, and I, I love looking at that picture, because the girl in that photo had no idea that her life was about to be so radically changed. And Mm -hmm. like, I look at that picture and it is just a constant reminder of how God can do anything with anyone. And so I I go on this trip. It's day two of the trip. First of all, I should note that I didn't bring a Bible. Like who doesn't bring a Bible on a (laughs) trip? Like it wasn't on the packing list. (laughs) So like, mind you, I had like 10 pairs of shoes to go to Africa, but like, no, like a Bible didn't make it in my backpack. Like, Come on. Anyways, the rest of the people on the trip were so gracious and so kind. And it was night two of the trip and I was sitting in a rocking chair, like overlooking the, the, you know, beautiful African safari sunset and just, yeah, kind of taking it all in. And one of the guys on the trip, there was only two of them, 14 girls, two guys, one of the guys came and sat next to me. And, um, in my mind, he was from Canada, a part of Canada that I literally had never heard of. So I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again. So I just start kind of word vomiting to him, right? Just all of my, like what I call secret sins, things that you really don't tell anyone, but like you associate guilt to, right? I talked about how I had lived with the next boyfriend and I didn't like it. I knew it was wrong yet. I did it anyway. I talked about my habits of going out and drinking and just all of these things, And after probably a couple of minutes, you know, he looked at me and he asked so sincerely, what is your relationship like with God? And I I felt like I went into what I call sales mode, Courtney. I was like, well, I was born and raised Catholic. I was an altar server. I taught Sunday school, you know, all of the, again, all that laundry list of things that we think that we need to do to earn favor in Christ's eyes. And he just very, again, patiently looked at me and said, all those things are great but that's not what I asked. I asked, what is your relationship like with God? And it was a question I had never, I'd never been asked. It seems so simple. It seems so like kindergarten, right? Like, but it was, and I think it's just that like the Lord uses sometimes the most simple things in our complex world to get our attention and that question kind of turned into a conversation of me asking okay well what do you mean like what do you mean you talk to God like does he talk back like does he have a deep voice like all of the, how do you pray what do you mean you pray every day like all of these things and yeah that night I went back to my hammock and you know wrote an email and I, I'm so thankful I wrote it down because I again I get to look at it and reread it every year and I wrote basically like Hey, God, like it's me. (laughs) We haven't chatted in a while. Like, I don't even know what it is that I'm asking. But these people have a joy and these people have a confidence that I want. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I literally have no clue what I'm asking from you. But I want to wake up tomorrow. And I want to be different. And I want to live for you. And I want to live for you alone. And again, it sounds so silly and a bit childish, but I woke up the next day and I, I was different. I, I was a new person and it was Easter Sunday. It was April 16, 2017. And I know that I, I call that my made new day because yeah, life has never been the same since.
0: Wow. Oh, that's so good. And it's just, uh, you told me this, but not everyone's testimony is like, one day switch 180 but god made that part of your story and Mm -hmm. like our friend our mutual friend isn't like she has not turned back since that and not to say that it means it's all easy and everything Mm -hmm. but you've been like okay god i'm i'm looking at you and when before you didn't even really consider him in most things
1: yeah no and it's and that's the thing i i feel like I was made new, but so much of it, and it's, I mean, it sounds very like Christianese, you know, like a word that we hear in church a lot, right? Like you're, you, you're, you, you were blind and now you can see kind of things, but I did, I saw the world differently. And it, I think the first couple of days, you know, it was like the honeymoon phase. It was like, Oh, here I am. I'm a Christian. Like, (laughs) I love the Lord and the Lord loves me. And like, let's go skipping on rainbows. Like, it was so great. I was like writing this high which I think does happen to a lot of people, right? And then I felt like I just got straight up smacked in the face with reality. And it was hard, right? Like I, that trip only lasted 10 days, I came home, and I'm right back into my life, right with the with friends that are, you know, I I love them to death, but they, they were the ones that I was doing not great things with back into the cycle of, you know, I got to grind, I got to work, I got to go. And so it's, it's very easy when you're in your little bubble and then you came back to the real world. And it it was challenging. It was so hard, right? Like, you know, you read in, in Matthew in chapter three, it talks about how um, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. And it's this absolutely, you know, beautiful moment. Jesus is baptized. He comes up out of the water, you know, the heavens are open. It's, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And then like, it's like a whiplash almost. You go immediately into Matthew chapter four, and literally the title is The Temptation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, so often I think people study and look at those two chapters individually, like, oh, here's the baptism, this beautiful moment, mm-hmm. you know, and then temptation, where it's like, no, there's a reason, a very specific reason why it is the baptism and then temptation, right? Like, it is baptism to battle. Like, that is our life. Like, we, are constantly going from comfort to conflict. Like that is just what we're called to do. And I mean, I feel it all the time, you know, you have your, you know, maybe you go to Bible studies, maybe you have your groups um, that you meet with and you're in this bubble and things are wonderful. And, you know, you're full steam ahead. And then you get back into your your real world, your every single day and it's hard. And that's exactly what I I experienced when I kind of got back to Austin was just the reality of it of, okay, no, how do I, how do I do all of these things? How do I actually live out being a Christian? And again, I will totally throw myself under the bus. Like I got home and I like ordered a Bible on Amazon, like, thank goodness for Amazon prime, like (laughs) overnighted, got a Bible, got my Bible highlighters. And I'm like, all right, now what? And I Googled Literally, like I literally Googled how to read the Bible like this. That's no joke. <laughs> and, that's Good. Most people don't do that. Yeah. Like you'd be surprised. There's some really great stuff that pops some not so great stuff, but also like and I think that's the thing, too, is so often like our flesh is dominated by our pride, right? Like I, I totally am. I struggle with pride so much. And so it's so freeing to be able to say, like, I had not a clue what I was doing. I had, I Googled how to, how to read the Bible. And I think that was one of the best things is like, I'm so glad that when I got back, it was hard and I was challenged by friends and, you know, a lot of people that I knew questioned what I was doing because now all of a sudden I didn't want to go out with them on Friday and Saturday, or, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, LOLing at their, you know, dirty jokes or the, you know, inappropriate memes that they were sending. And so it's, it's hard. It, it, it was different. But it caused me to to dig in and go like I go straight to the source and reading these stories in the Bible. I just I started learning and like I was so shocked that like all these people that God used were just so underqualified, like almost to the point where it's kind of laughable. Like you're reading and you're like, hold up, wait a minute. Like Moses, the guy who parted the Red Sea and led the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years, like legit didn't want the job. He told God no several times. Like, say what? Like, that's, you know, it's, you just, all of those things. Yeah, that's kind of one of the the biggest things is to go straight to the source and to take in all of that wonderful information that is in the Bible.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's good. I like what you're saying, too. Even like, yeah, Moses had like a, you know, a speech problem, too. And like, we are all underqualified. We will always fall short on it, but he uses us. I also just like what you're saying that, I mean, like you said, you you were on this 10-day trip, and then you came back to, I wouldn't say like reality, it's all reality, but it's like, whoa, this is what my life was. Mm-hmm. It, it can't be this anymore. And sometimes it can feel so overwhelming, like, I can't do this. I'll just go back to it. Yep. Um, I'll go back to the old life or whatever it might be. But you just took it one step at a time. You're like, well, I don't know how to read the Bible. Let's first figure that out first. Or I'm sure it took plenty of times of, I mean, plenty of Of moments when you probably like, oh shoot, I wasn't glorifying the Lord in that, or I fell back into that, but kept moving forward. It was where
1: your where your gaze was, and that was on Jesus, for sure. No, a hundred percent. It it was, and I think so much of it too, and which is, it's so different than you know how our world, you know, worldly standards does does things. It's like I now had all these skeletons in my closet that I had to deal with, right? That are it's hard. Like as as much as we want to say that, you know, we can go around and do whatever we want with whoever we want. Like, I'm sorry, I have yet to meet meet someone who does things and doesn't feel a little bit of like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't the best decision, right? Like that's shame, that's guilt. And those are things that keep us in the darkness. And even just learning that, knowing that as a kind of, as a new Christian, all of these, you know, closet sins that I had, like I had to bring them to light. I had to talk about them because when they're in the light, that's when, you know, the devil doesn't have any hold on it anymore, right? Like I can sit here and say that I, I did these things and know that like, I don't, I don't have that sin and that shame associated to it anymore. But I think that's just not, again, that's not how our world is. It's, oh, you don't need to say anything. Like you just, you do you, like you do whatever you need to do. Don't worry about it. I don't know, I think so, so many people just get, get caught up in, in the lies of, of what the world is telling them. And that's exactly where I was, right? So here I am, I'm, I, you know, I'm back, I'm a couple months into this, I'm studying, I'm learning. And of course, right, you, you look around for other things, external things. And I kept seeing what I call empty encouragements, right? Like you scroll through your Instagram or your Twitter feed and all of these encouragements that, sound really good. You know, like again, you do you, be your own hero, like you are enough, like y- all of these things that sound really great. You know, we live in an era which I'm I'm happy for. I think it's great where we're constantly especially empowering women. You're mm-hmm. capable, you're strong, you're beautiful, like you can do whatever you want, which mm-hmm. I I agree with. Like I am all on board for that. But so much of it It's empty, right? Like, I only feel beautiful, maybe like, it's easy to feel beautiful when you have someone telling you you're beautiful. It's easy to feel powerful and successful when you're crushing it at work. You know, all of what happens when you get dumped, or you get fired, or, you know, all of these things happen, those encouragements don't have any truth to stand on. And so, That is what kind of led me, I felt so called to the Lord just saying like, okay, we'll start encouraging people with truth, like start encouraging yourself with truth. And that is kind of what led to the creation of the nonprofit I run, which is She Wears Worth. And it's all focused on helping girls and women know their worth and their value and why right? Like your worth and value has absolutely nothing to do with what you do. And it has everything to do with what Christ did. And just telling that story. That's so good. Okay,
0: so you tell me more about how it started, because I'm super excited about this. I think just the, the mission field you have, it's so important. And I think every woman could relate to it. Men could probably relate to it. But your mission field is specifically women. And so I just want to hear more about how that started.
1: Yeah, so again, it's it started very randomly and 100% all God. I was moving, so I guess like quick little side note, the guy that I chatted with that ha- that asked me what my relationship with God was like, the you know, the Canadian I would never ever like see again, <laughs> he's my husband now. So like again, the Lord just like always works in weird ways. So never yeah, never underestimate what he's capable of. So um we were engaged and we had already known that, like, I was going to be moving up here. And so I was going through my apartment and getting rid of stuff and, you know, clothes, all these things. And I I kept feeling this tug on my heart to, like, share this, this message of worth and value. But I had no clue how to do it. Like, no idea how to start it, what to do, other than, like, maybe, like, writing my friends some cards, you know, and encouraging them with some Bible verses. And then... um a woman at my church had a family member who was um, in need of some clothes, had some really unfortunate things happen in her life and was in a place to kind of start over, start fresh. And so she came over one night to my apartment to get a bunch of clothes and some furniture. And um, this girl and I, we could not have been from two different worlds, two different planets, the way we were raised, just our circumstances in life. And so I am a, I'm a lot, like I'm, I'm an extra person. I'm like the cheerleader on the sideline with like a shiny neon sign. And so I was like, how do I talk to this person? Like, how do I relate to her? How do I not scare her away? Like, how do I share Jesus with her without her being like, okay, you're crazy. And I just, I saw kind of naturally how this conversation started because she was there trying on clothes and getting some clothes. And I was able to, you know, stand next to her while she was trying things on and tell her how gorgeous she looked. And then to be able to say, you know, if you look that great on the outside, like girlfriend, you have no idea like what God has created on the inside and what he's capable of doing in you. And that's when kind of this light bulb went off of like, Courtney, you can take things like clothes and things that people don't need, things that are very fleeting and of this world and use them as a vehicle to start conversations with people that you wouldn't get to. So Worth officially launched in September of 2019 um, with the the goal of that, having these large scale events where we would collect and bring in all sorts of clothes and make a beautiful shopping destination um, and then invite women and girls who I kind of say need a little extra love right from foster homes or safe houses or shelters. And they could just come to a full on morning where they could be encouraged in all of this. Um, well, we were able to have one in Austin in February of 2020 and then COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't had one since, <laughs> but that first event was, it was, it was nothing short of just God's, goodness. We had over 65 girls show up. Wow. We had over 20 volunteers. It was phenomenal to see how something as silly as a pair of ripped jeans that someone didn't want anymore could be used to not only start a, a conversation, but to spark a relationship between a girl in foster care and a, you know, a volunteer that they can now communicate and talk and have things in common and Yeah. So since then, I mean, we've shifted a lot just because we weren't able to physically do events for like the last 18 months, but we host Bible studies. We are doing things in our community up here with, with girls, um, getting them like grad prom dresses, what we would call in the state right now we're gifting. We were able to gift like 30 kiddos and foster care Christmas presents. And again, all of these things, it's not, It's not just about the presence. It's not about the grad dress. It's about what is the message we can share with it and come in and walk alongside these people and share, yeah, just where their worth and their value comes from and how much they are absolutely adored by Christ and how they're made in the image of Christ. And yeah, it's, I feel so privileged to get to, to be a part of this organization and, you know, head it for the time being. So,
0: yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I am excited for you in the future to be able to do more more events and everything. I'm curious, how did how did that look? I mean, you said it was in Austin, the the mm-hmm. one you were able to do before COVID. How did how did that like look gathering volunteers and a location and even participants and all those things? Like how wow.
1: did that Yeah, it was. So my, when I was in Austin, after I got back from Africa, I I left my, the Catholic church and I joined a non-denominational church gateway in Austin, which I adore. If there's anyone listening who lives in Austin and is looking for a church, gateway is absolutely phenomenal. I adore them. I, I can confidently say I got to know Jesus at that church. And, um, yeah, just I kind of again shared my crazy Jesus dream with them and was like, you guys, I feel like I'm called to do this, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so we we did it um, at a kind of a, a facility at their North Campus that's kind of used for all sorts of different events. And I just honestly I asked everyone I knew and just told them, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you want to be a part of it? And what I saw and what I still see with this organization is that this message resonates with everyone, Christian or non-Christian. Like I have yet to meet a person who was like, oh yeah, no, like we don't need to tell girls that they're worthy and loved. Mm -hmm. So I think, and in a way it's, it allows me, it kind of, I get the foot in the door with everyone. And then it's my responsibility to take it a step further and say, okay, but we're worthy and we're valued because of Christ. You know, I think so often we see so many not to kind of get off topic, but I I just, I challenge people that like, don't water down what Christ is doing. Mm -hmm. Like, don't, don't be afraid to offend someone like, no, you are worthy and you are valued because you're made in the image of God, period. And that's what I think. And that's what I know is true. And so we had, you know, we had volunteers that were both Christian and non-Christian. I felt very strongly that it was just as much, um, like it was just as much for non-Christians to be there and see what was going on and hear the conversations as it was for Christians. And then I, I literally, again, got on Google and Googled foster homes, safe houses, refugee, everything like, like there, we have the world at our fingertips, like just, just do it and don't be afraid to fail. Like that is one thing that I knew early on with this organization that I I didn't want to do it. I was like, again, I felt very much like Moses. I was like, I'm good. Like I'm new with this whole Christian thing. Like I'll just sit in the back row for the next couple of years. So I didn't want to do it. And two, once I kind of knew, okay, this isn't going to stop. I was like, okay, I have no clue what I'm doing. I am underqualified. Like I literally am just learning to read the Bible for the first time. Why are you calling me to start a Christian organization? Like the most unqualified person on the block, but It was in those moments, right, where it is, it's second Corinthians, like where you are weak, I am strong. Like I know for a fact, I think God called me to do this because there is no way I can take credit for it. There is no way in heck I can say I pulled off that first event or like I'm the reason our Bible studies have been so successful or I'm the reason, no, like hard no, I am very incapable and underqualified and it allows me to just to give God all the glory. Like I, zero clue. I'm in the passenger seat with the map and he's driving. So, yeah.
0: Amen to that. And I even, I mean, you brought it up earlier, but I just like how that works against, when when God makes us new, it works against, he makes, he works against what our flesh is. And you said earlier, mm-hmm. like, you're like, I'm a prideful person. I'm, I will say that too. I'm a prideful person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just that God uses our gifts in ways that we can't even take credit for them. So that's so cool to see. So, so did you, I don't know if I asked this before when we talked, but your previous job when you worked in Austin, was that related to fashion or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So I had, that's my thing. I've kind of always loved fashion. When I was in Manhattan, I was doing fashion and Boston fashion. And when I was in Austin, Texas, I worked for Kendra Scott. And so it, it was kind of like my love, right? Like I, I'm that person that like compliments the stranger in the grocery line, be like, girl, I love your shoes. And then next thing, you know, like we're besties and we're going to dinner. Like that's just, so I just, again, I find it like the Lord, the Lord creates us to be certain ways. Like, like God knew that I had, I loved fashion and he, he knew that I thought it was, you know, it's silly and it's fleeting, but like, he also knew that I do enjoy that. And so I don't, again, I don't find it a coincidence that this organization kind of combines my love of Christ and my love of using clothes to, you know, kind of make a bridge and have communication with people. And I don't know. I mean, I don't, i Honestly, I could talk about this forever. I am so passionate about it and just this message of you know why we are worthy. It is something that man, woman, six years old, sixty years old, we all need to hear because we're we are we all have a hole inside of us. Like we all have this hole in our heart, and it was created with original sin with Adam and Eve. And we all spend our lifetime searching for things to fill it. Mm -hmm. And you know, sadly, the majority of us, I did it for 27 years. I filled it with, you know, my accomplishments, my job, the amount of money I had in my bank account, like my, how cute I looked in a swimsuit, like the dumbest things we try and fill this hole with. And we will never, ever be fulfilled fully until it's, it's Christ that we hand that over to, because that's the only thing that can fill us up and give us worth and give us value. And, um, it's, I, yeah, like I, it, it annoys me that it took me 27 years to figure that out. Right. But I just, I know that there's so many people out there that need to hear that. And I think I'm sure there are people who might listen to this and just think, yeah, but I've messed up too much or, you know, I've done this, or if he only knew this, like, I just like, no, (laughs) there is nothing like we we read in Romans that there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And I think, so I know I did, I read that verse, right? Like neither hype nor death, nor demons, nor angels, like nothing. You read it with stipulations. You're like, okay, yeah, I know. But still, if God only knew this or yeah, it says that, but like I did this and I, you know, I'm too far gone. Like, please hear me when I say nothing, like absolutely nothing. And if, and if you have any doubt, open up the Bible and literally read about any character, like any single character, right? Like a couple of my favorites, a couple of my misfits, right? Um, Abraham, who is literally the father of everyone, right? He is God's, he, God chose to make the original covenant with Abraham. He, he hooked up with his maidservant and had an illegitimate child. Okay. He was still the father of all the nations, like Jesus still, God still loves him, right? The man in the Bible that is referred to as the man after God's own heart Mm -hmm. had sex with a woman who was married and then to cover it up, killed her husband. Mm -hmm. Like, if that is not some Jerry Springer stuff, like, I don't know what it is, (laughs) right? Like, it just, it goes on and on. Open up to Matthew, go to chapter, go to Matthew chapter one. It's a long genealogy. You read all of these people, you will come across a, a name. It's Rahab, okay? Rahab was a prostitute, yet she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She is out of the millions of people that could be listed to be associated with Jesus. A prostitute is Mm -hmm. like y'all that's in the Bible. Like God uses the most underqualified, the most unexpected people. And he, all he wants is he wants you. He wants your heart. He wants you to say like hands up in the air, carry Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. Like that's, oh, that's what he wants. And I just, I want to spend my life making sure I tell as absolutely many people about that as possible, because I know my life was radically changed and I want everyone to experience the joy and the confidence that I have.
0: party that's so good. Uh, you can like, I mean, I can see it in your face. You can hear it in your voice, just like God has made this your mission and you're just letting him lead your, lead the way through it. And I think that is so, so cool what you're doing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And I just, again, like I don't, I'm sure you'll put like kind of information on this podcast, but if there is anyone who is listening who I like, I am so down to talk. First of all, I live in a very small town. So like the more friends I can make, I'm open (laughs) for it. Like, you know, FaceTime and Zoom calls and everything. Like I am here. Like I want to talk to you about it. I want to share with you. I want to hear what you're going through because if there is anything inside of you telling you to run the other way from Christ or like you're not good enough or it's too confusing or there's too many rules or whatever just stop give me a call let's chat I I want to change your mind because your life can yeah your life can be so much better I love that
0: okay so yeah while we're on that tell tell people how they can get involved because I mean we don't have to go up to Canada I mean people can go up to Canada
1: I, yeah, you can. The borders are open now. So technically you can come up. <laughs> like, it's you know. really cold though. It'll be really cold until like April. So maybe wait. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: how much snow do you guys
1: have right now? You know what? Not a ton, but we're supposed to get a bunch this weekend and it's like going to drop into the like real negative real soon.
0: So, so it's
1: winter is coming. Like it is coming. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so, okay. So you guys don't have to go to Canada, um, but if you want to, you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you yeah. we- oh.
1: You bet. So our social media, right? She Wears Worth on Instagram and Facebook. And then we have our website is just shewearsworth.com. We have a bunch of different programs that we run. Um, I kind of mentioned them briefly earlier, but we, we call it Give a Girl a Grad Dress, where we sponsor girls that um, are not able to afford like a prom dress or a grad dress. And we kind of just, again, make them feel gorgeous and beautiful. So we're always looking for sponsors for that. We're hoping to sponsor at least four girls this year. Um, I'd like to have two in Canada and two in the States. We, I host Bible studies and I'm hoping to start one around the March timeframe on women of the New Testament, like just some rock star women. I think we, like who better to be encouraged by than these just incredible women who got to walk and know Jesus. And yeah, there's, I mean if I'm honest there's like a thousand things I want to do with She wears worth and I feel very much in this place where I'm like okay god like what is next my hope is that now that kind of covid is i guess slowly starting to leave and restrictions are easing and the borders are open that we will have more shop and these I call them shop and style events um and I'm hoping to do one in Dallas Yay. in 2022 so like fingers crossed like I Ray, our our mutual friend and I have talked about it and then just COVID was too hard. So hopefully 2022, it'll happen. Um, And I'm sure, yeah, you'll hear all about it because we'll want your help. But yeah, I think reach out, send a message or an email. And I want to hear your stories right now. It is, I say we, but it is me and the Lord party of two just (laughs) rocking this thing. So yeah, like if you feel called to help or be a part of this or something, like I am so open to it. Like, I'm here. Let's have a conversation.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yes. that's And that's the coolest thing, too, in this world of technology. And even, you know, COVID smack dab in the middle of that helped us learn even more how we use technology to be connected. Yeah. Like, we're not limited to our spaces or our city or wherever we're at. Yeah. There are, I, I can tell you, there are women out there who are like, I am passionate about this, too, and I want to be a part yeah. of and so I I think it would be so cool for people to check that out. So also yeah. our
1: hope, our hope is to one day have like an ambassador program, right? Where you can, you can kind of be your She Wears Worth ambassador program in your town or in your high school. I'm working on that, right? So if there's a, you know, there's a high school girl in Plano, Texas, and she wants to be kind of that she wears worth ambassador, every, you know, every three months we kind of send her, equip her, right? Like how do you have these conversations with your friends? How do you tell your girlfriends that they're worthy and valued, you know? And Obviously, like with like fun stickers and like pins and stuff. but again, that's a that's what we're currently working on and hope to launch that in this coming year. So if you want to be involved in any way, please, please, please reach out.
0: Yes. Oh, also, I'm looking at your hat and I'm like, oh, I might need to get one of those. She has oh, yeah
1: <laughs> we have a shop. I totally I always forget about that, but like <laughs> we do on our website, it's we have a shop where we sell just our you know merchandise hats, shirts. To to raise money, all 100% goes back into the organization. Um, But the cool thing is, so like if you buy a shirt that says worthy or loved or valued on it, you will get a card that tells you what it means to be loved from a from a Christian perspective, right? Like you see t-shirts that say loved everywhere, Um, you know Forever 21, it's everywhere. But no, what does it actually mean to be loved? Loved in a way that like can never be changed. Um, So that's kind of a fun thing, and yeah, that shop is on our website too.
0: That's awesome. Wow. OK, so if you can tell if you could tell the listeners anything, what would you tell them?
1: Oh, if I could tell anyone anything, I would say get to know get to know Christ. It is hands down the best thing you will ever do ever, regardless of of what you may think Christianity is or what God who God is or anything like it's not. It's so good. And what I have learned is that uh, so many times people view Christ based on how they view a Christian and people come to know Christ because they know a Christian. And sometimes that's really great. You got to know Christ because you met an incredible Christian, or sometimes you want nothing to do with Christ because you met a crappy Christian. Get to know Jesus Christ himself, just on, just know him because he is so desperately wanting to know you and he is obsessed with you and he wants to be a part of every good day, every bad day. And it will, it will be the best thing you ever do. Period. Nothing will ever top it. (laughs) That's good. Thank you, Courtney. Thank Um, you so much for doing this and just, yeah, creating a platform where people can share their testimonies and their faith and what they're learning, because that's, that's what we're called to do. So thank you so much for creating this for, for us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you.